Hello everyone! Welcome to Cafe Combos with Kay, where I give a coffee lover's take on life. If you are new here or a returning listener, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate all the support. Alright you guys, (laughs) I don't even know where to start with this conversation, this topic. I feel like the words healing and self-care have now become almost a trend and I really did not want it to become that. I didn't want this episode to kind of fall into that category of, oh, healing is trendy and self-care is trendy. But honestly, it's just a huge part of my life right now. And for me not to talk about it, I feel like we'll be ignoring the elephant in the room. So I just decided to cover it today, but I wanted to put my own little twist on it. I kind of wanted to speak about the other side of healing, what comes when you are currently in a thicket of it. (laughs) Right now, I'm not at that place where I can look back and say, you know what, I got over that. I am in a way better place. And not to say that there aren't certain things that I have gotten over, but I feel like I'm still really in a in the trenches of my healing. There are still a lot of things that I am trying to learn about myself because healing is a tricky concept. It's a tricky thing to go through in your life. I don't even know the word for it. And you sometimes you just don't know where to start. I know for me, I really didn't know that I even needed healing until maybe 2018 when I graduated from UCF. I realized that I was at my lowest point with my depression. I was not happy. I was just crying all the time. It was just a lot going on during that time. And I realized that I really needed help. And I had been through therapy in high school, but by 2018, it had been years since I went to therapy. Being in college, you really can't afford therapy that much and no shade, but the mental health, the counseling services at some of these universities really are not up to par, especially with a school like UCF where they are like, at the time, I think... 71,000 students were going to UCF. So yeah, trying to get an appointment was quite a journey. And I just didn't feel like I wanted to go through that. So I didn't, which kind of costed me. But at the end of the day, um, like I said, I knew I needed help. And that's what I decided to do. When I moved back home, I got a job. I went back to therapy. And y'all, one day I will tell you the story of that therapist from 2018 because it was horrendous. Like, I have never been through a situation like that where a therapist is asking me for money. And I just felt like I was my therapist's therapist. And yeah, it just did not end well. But We're not talking about that today. That's a whole other topic. But she did teach me some things. I won't say I learned nothing from her. But that year that I was home, definitely 
made me realize that I really did need more help than I really realized that I needed. And by the time I left for FSU in 2019, I was at an okay point in my life. I had left my therapist and spiritually I was in a better place because during that time is when I decided to really get serious about God. I decided to start reading my word more, start praying more. I cut out, you know, sex. I cut out drinking. I didn't really drink like that to begin with, but I just made a decision that I was going to really try to give my life over to God and not just talk about it, but actually walk that walk. But I knew that I still had a lot of work to do because mentally I was, I still wasn't in a great place. I was doing better. I wasn't at a low point with my depression at that time, but it's not like I was in the best place either but I just didn't recognize it at the time. I think I was just really happy to be spending more time with God. And I was ecstatic that I was going away to school and I was leaving and I was getting my master. So, so many things were just clouding my mental at the time that I really wasn't focused on. Hey, certain things still need to be addressed that you are not addressing right now because once again, you're avoiding you're going to school, you're thinking about moving, you're thinking about classes and all excited and you're going to meet new people, which is great. That's a normal reaction to have when you actually accomplish a really big goal. But from in my case, I really wasn't looking at the other traumas, the other suppressed emotions that I really was not dealing with. And that was a problem. That was a really huge problem that I really was not addressing that. So going into Tallahassee, um, I still couldn't afford therapy. (laughs) I was still broke. (laughs) I still couldn't afford therapy. And I just really spent a lot of time with God during those two years. I think I spoke about this on the podcast before, but during my two years in Tallahassee, that's when I did that fast for like nine months. That's when I got saved. That's really when me and God started to spend so much time together because I was isolated. COVID had happened. I didn't even have really any friends in Tallahassee besides one after uh, another friend left. I really just had one friend there and I didn't have any family there. So for the most part, I was really by myself in Tallahassee and I didn't take time to focus on my mental health, which for some people mental and spiritual, they might connect. But in my case, it really wasn't connecting. And my spiritual health was growing. But I feel like sometimes, because we grow in one area, we don't realize that we are lacking in another area. So for some of us, our mental health will be great. But our spiritual health will not be in the best place. We don't have an intimate relationship with God. And for some of us, like me, My spiritual health is in a great place, but mentally I'm still not loving myself or I'm still not forgiving certain people. I'm still going through a lot of struggle and just replaying old things in my mind. And that's what I was doing. I really wasn't allowing God to enter the area of mental health in my life. He was in my school. He was in my intimate 
relationship, my intimate partnership life, friendships. He was a part of a lot of areas of my life. But when it came to my mental health and my emotional health, for some reason, I really didn't allow him to touch that area. So I was praying and I was fasting and I was doing all this work, but mentally I still was holding on to old things. And that is Mm-mm, that's a problem, y'all, because it caught up with me. And I don't know if you guys are watching Dr. Anita Phillips. If you guys do not know who she is, I'm sure a friend has sent you her sermon, How Are You? You guys, this lady has completely transformed the way I view mental health. And I've just started watching her. She is a, I want to say a psychiatrist. Please do not quote me. I know that she is a doctor in psychology, though. Hello, Dr. Anita Phillips, Black Girl Magic. Happy Black History Month. But she's also a pastor. And I've never seen a pastor intertwine mental health in the gospel. Not like her. And I was watching one of her sermons. And one thing I learned from her is that I don't know my emotional language. When she was speaking about emotional language and speaking your trauma and naming it and speaking how you feel and kind of getting a grasp on your emotions and placing language to it, I realized that I have no idea how to address my language. I I, I don't. I literally will sit there and have people ask me, hey, how are you feeling? And I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know what to say. I would just be like, you know, I'm I'm here. I'm alive. And that is no way to answer a question when someone asks, hey, how are you? How are you feeling? To turn around and say, oh, I'm okay. <laughs> I'll be all right. It's like, no, you actually won't be okay. And I realized as she was preaching and as I was talking to God that, I really felt like using my language would anger God, right? I felt like here I was or here I am being ungrateful. For some reason, I felt like telling God that I was upset, that I was pissed off, that I still blamed him for certain things, that it would upset God. Or if I told him that I was still mad at my parents or people in my life for certain things, then I feel like, oh, I'm not forgiving. And the Bible speaks about forgiving. So I need to forgive this person and just move on. But that was really me suppressing my emotions. I really didn't move on. I really wasn't forgiving because I was I was not putting language to my emotions. I was just afraid to be condemned. And in other words, I allowed condemnation to answer the question, how are you? Honestly, I just felt like everything in me had to pretend like I was okay. I couldn't speak it because I don't want to upset God. I don't want to upset other people. I need to just move on, keep going. But that's not true. That's not true. And I'm still learning that God cares about my emotions and my mental health. And God cares about yours too. And a big part of my healing journey is being comfortable and sitting in that. And knowing that God does love us. 
And he does care about our emotions. And there's nothing that you can say that you genuinely feel that one, God doesn't already know. It's so funny because we will call our friends and we will speak to our partners about how we're feeling and we will go deep with them. We'll have wine night and we'll have self-care events and all these things. But when it comes to prayer and really meeting with God, we are not as open. (laughs) Am I the only one that has that problem? Am I the only one who, when I'm with my friends, I'm blunt and I'm honest and I'm telling them that, you know what, I'm just not feeling okay. I don't know how to put language to it, but I'm still trying to communicate that with them. And I'm building that bond through that honesty with my friends. But when it comes to God, I'm like, you know what, God, just thank you so much for this house. And (laughs) thank you for my degrees. And I have a car and I have friends, God, just thank you so much. And I have a job. Thank you, God. And God is like, girl, just yesterday you was crying to your best friend. Cry to me. Why are you not crying to me? Why are you crying to your best friends who, yes, I placed them in your life to be your support system, but they don't replace me. They do not replace me. I am supposed to be your God. I'm your father. There is nothing that they can tell you that I cannot tell you even better than. That I cannot help you with even more than a human being can. And I really had to sit with that. Like, God, I have not allowed you into my mental health. You don't know my emotional health. It's like you know it, but not because I told you. Because you're my father. You know how I'm feeling. The Holy Spirit is within me. God knows how I'm feeling. He knows when I'm heavy. He knows when when we are heavy, when we are happy, when we are sad, when we are fearful, when we are self-doubting, when we are depressed, when we we are anxious. God knows all of those things. He knows when you hate your job. He knows when you don't like your spouse. He knows when you're upset about something that maybe he didn't do or maybe that he did do. He knows all of those things. But we try to hide those things from God, or at least I can speak from I can speak for myself. I tried to hide those things from God because I truly felt like he was going to be a father and discipline me. And that's not God. We should never look at God and say, oh, if I'm honest with you, you're going to discipline me or I'm going to look a certain way. Because God calls for that intimate partnership with us. He calls for us to come to us, to come to him when we are happy when we are sad, when we are angry, when we are frustrated, when we just want to cry or yell, when we are overwhelmed. He wants us to come to him because he is our father and he is saying, I want this intimate relationship with you. I literally gave my only son to have this intimate relationship with you and you're afraid to even come to me about it. And that I feel like that does hurt God's feelings. I know God is all powerful and we don't think of him as ever being hurt. But I do really feel like when we deny God that intimate partnership, I do feel like his feelings are hurt. I do feel like he feels like, well, dang, like I'm the, I'm the associate. (laughs) I thought we were, you know, I thought I was father and you were child. I thought we had a, the closest relationship you can have in life is with your father. At least it should be, but some of y'all, you know, you know, but our, Heavenly Father. <laughs> He's a good father. And I feel like the other side of it is that as as Christians, the phrase, it's the enemy, has been tossed 
around so loosely that when we get saved, it feels like everything from our old life should be wiped away. Like it literally almost feels like, why are you feeling like this? Why are you, you know, this is the enemy. This is not me. But yes, it is. Yes, it is. And when we get saved, we just feel like, you know what? The old life is gone. The old me is gone. That's no more. I'm a brand new person. And yes, you know, when you get saved, God forgives you for your sins and all the little beautiful things. We all know that. But that doesn't mean that the trauma was not experienced. That doesn't mean that the, the depression or anxiety has completely left. And we end up feeling like failures. We really end up feeling like, wow, am I really not saved? Oh my gosh, like I was saved. I shouldn't be feeling like this. But if you haven't really done the work to address those emotions and and that mental turmoil that you are going through, then yeah, they're still going to be there and you can't suppress it. And you're not a failure for saying that, you know what, God, I'm not fully healed from that. But now that I'm saved and now that I have an intimate relationship with you, can we start? Can mean you start healing that? Can mean you start on the forgiveness part? Can mean you start with prayer? Like, and it, but in our eyes, depression and anxiety in God should not be in the same sentence. It's almost like, no. No, 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 no. Like, we can't talk about that and God at the same time. That's not right. But newsflash, some healing might still need to be done. It doesn't make you less of a Christian. It doesn't mean that you have not been saved. It doesn't mean any of that. The truth about healing is that it has so many ups and downs. And I feel like for a lot of us, on social media and just listening to other podcasts and all that and YouTube, I feel like sometimes we see people when they're kind of on the other side or maybe when they're just getting through something tough and it seems like they're doing a lot better. And that's so amazing because it gives me hope. It lets me know that there is an other side of things. But the truth of the matter is that um, I am still, like I said, in the thick of my healing I am still in that part where every day is so gentle, where every day is so important and I have to be extremely intentional about every single day. And there are still certain skills that I am trying to master. Like, for example, I'm still trying to kind of figure out the whole um, language part, language. I know that language is power and Dr. Anita Phillips was speaking about that in a sermon called Good Ground and she was saying that we have to work on our language and a lot of pastors talk about it. It's not just um, tied to her, but I feel like for me, my biggest issue is language because I'm not that kind to myself all the time and I am very hard on myself and I definitely do not speak to myself the way I speak to my friends. And I know that it's a big problem for me because it has become almost a coping mechanism to just say it, but that's 
a traumatic response as well. And that's something that I might really need to get through. But for some reason, I'm just still trying to work on the whole aspect of like language and how to speak to myself. So that's a huge part of my healing journey. And also just gaining new revelations. I mean, if I can be completely honest with you guys and transparent, this morning I was, I I woke up, of course, thank the Lord, I woke up and I was just thinking, thinking about family. For some reason, when I wake up, God wants to have all of these conversations with me and I'm just like, God, I'm not a morning person. I'm really not. But God is like, "Mm, well, I'm about to make you one, which he has. I am officially becoming a morning person because I just start thinking about things when I wake up. And this morning he was talking to me about family and I just kind of realized that, I mean, I always knew it was kind of a little insecurity, but I really haven't fully addressed it. But two parent households. Mm, yeah, I'm someone whose parents separated when I was younger and that was a huge traumatic event in my life. That snowballed into so much. Like, I can't even give you guys all that because I have a therapist for that. But you guys, that was trauma. <laughs> Capital T, baby. And it has always been an insecurity of mine that my dad was not in the household, to be honest. And sometimes when I see like my friends or I see people who have both parents in the household, sometimes I feel kind of like a a little tug of envy. And I've been talking to God about that. And I had to pray on it this morning. And I was like, oh, God, I knew that that was somewhere inside of me, but it was suppressed. But God, like, like I said, allowing God access to that, he was like, nope, we got to dig that up because... That's going to be a a challenge for you. You're going to have to dig it up and unearth that thing. And it's going to be ugly and it's going to be sad. But you have to really look at it and face it. But I'm here with you. You're not alone in facing this. I am here to guide you and comfort you and hold you in my arms. And you can cry to me about it. But for a long time, I was like, well, dang, God, like, why didn't my parents like stay together? Why couldn't we just have formed this great family and have two parents in a household and I wake up with my mom and my dad and just all of that. And God was like, well, you didn't, you know, and he hasn't explained to me exactly why yet, but I know that it didn't happen. So for a lot of, for a long time, um, I just, yeah, really had a problem with that. And so I think I suppressed it, but now it's coming up and it's a good thing. It really is a good thing because it has now made me realize, okay, like I got to make sure that I'm working on that. That's something that I need to address and it's okay. It's okay that that is a form of trauma that I need to address. And that is why I am in therapy, currently in therapy. One thing Dr. Anita says is that therapy is a strategy. Prayer is a weapon. It is something that we use. It is something that God gave us because I do feel like God gave us therapy, not to replace him, but to just kind of feel like, okay, I have an extra strategy. Like God didn't just 
leave me here by myself. He gave us all of these resources to add on and it doesn't take away from prayer or from reading the word. You should actually include all of it. You know, the more, the more righteousness you can throw at it, your trauma, I feel like the better. Now with therapy, I don't feel like things are completely just great because honestly, sometimes with therapy, I do feel like I'm taking one step forward and two steps back at the same time. It's been kind of just tugging, you know, just pulling, what is the phrase? Pull and tuck. <laughs> same thing. Pull and tuck is the same thing. Y'all know what I mean. It's been like a push, push and pull. <laughs> Should I edit that out? <laughs> Probably not. It's been a push and pull with therapy. It's me feeling like, okay, I'm doing great. And then the next week I go to therapy and I'm like, mm, just it's just a mess. It's a mess. I'm a mess. Life's a mess. And my therapist is like, girl, what happened in the last week? And then I got to tell her everything that happened and things that are coming up and things that I have not addressed. So honestly, that's the truth about it. It's ugly. Healing is not going to therapy for two months and now all of a sudden posting quotes on IG. That was not, that was not meant to be shade, but it was shady though. I'm sorry. That was shady, but it's true though. Like that's not healing. And for some people, maybe it is. But for me, I've been in therapy for a few months, y'all. And don't no part of me for like posting a quote. I'm not there yet, y'all. I'm not there yet. We're on the journey together. We're in this boat together. I need help. Y'all need help. I'm just being honest here. Healing can be ugly. I'm in the ugly part of my healing. But what I will say, though, is that even though it's ugly, it has beauty in it. I feel like healing is like the Mona Lisa painting. Like, you're looking at it, and you're like, I don't see what people are talking about. But I do see what people are talking about at the same time. It's like, is she kind of cute or is she not cute? I don't know. That's how healing is with me. It's like Mona Lisa. You know, it's great to have. And anyone who has a real authentic Mona Lisa painting, it's like, dang, that's great. But at the same time, it's it's hard to look at. <laughs> that's just how I feel about my healing. I don't know, but I'm learning a lot through the ugliness. And I think that's the beautiful part. The ugliness is when it hits you, when it's like, pow, boom, trauma, emerged, can't suppress it. Damn, that's the hard part. But the beautiful part is when you're like, okay, I think I'm learning where this is coming from. I think I'm learning the root of this and how I can address it and how I can get through it. That is the beautiful part. The beautiful part for me is learning how to deal with my emotions. Instead of unraveling, I'm catching the emotion. I'm naming it and I'm working through it. At first, I used to just be like, you know what? I don't want to deal with this. So I'm avoiding it. I don't care. I'm just going to keep on moving and it will come up and it will come up. And then I will unravel and I'll be crying and sad because I'm not really naming what's going on. I'm just upset I'm just in it I'm just spiraling but for me now it's like well no 
like this morning, I could have cried about that. I could have been upset about that and not have went to hang out with my best friend. But I said, you know what, God, I felt that. And I know that something needs to be fixed with that. Thank you for unearthing that for me because it was just going to come up later. And now me and you through prayer and therapy, I can heal that. I can get over that. I can deal with it. And to me, that's really important that I'm working through it. And I'm so thankful. I'm just so happy that I finally allowed God in. Like, this is what I've been missing, Lord, for the last freaking decade. Like, you being here with me, me allowing you in and you actually helping me instead of condemning me. I have not felt condemnation at all since I've allowed God to truly come in and touch this area of my life. I feel like God is so happy. Like, yes, let me in, little girl. I love you. I care. And even though I have a long way to go, I am moving and I am trying. Plus, like I said, allowing God in. So I do have hope. I have a lot of hope, actually. And I am ready to face this head on. I'm ready. She ready. Remember that, y'all? Shout out to Tiffany Haddish. Haddish? Yeah. Okay. So to wrap this thing up, because y'all know it's been about 30 minutes. So y'all ready to go? I'm kind of ready to go too. But let me just let y'all in on something. So a part of my healing is realizing what I really want to do with my life what I really do love. And the podcast is on that list. I really love doing the podcast. Do y'all love the podcast? I hope y'all do because this is really like an outlet for me as well. I feel like this is also one of my strategies as well as therapy. The podcast, being able to talk about these things and not just write them down or think about them, but actually being able to say, you know what, let me get a microphone and talk about this, things that I care about, things that I feel like will add value to other people. It makes me feel really, really good when I'm done recording. So I really want the podcast to grow and I want you all to be a part of that. So please comment, please rate the podcast. I definitely want to start reading some comments and giving you guys just all of y'all flowers. So yeah, go down below, give it a rate, give it a comment. I take criticism well, constructive criticism, please. And if you don't know, just Google that. Don't go on there and be rude, but definitely comment. Yes, I love it. Or hey girl, you know, this could be a half set better or whatever. Let me know because I do want to get better with this podcast because I do want Cafe Convos with Kay to grow up one day. So yeah, rate, comment, follow me on Instagram at Kanithia, two underscores. And I truly do hope that everyone out there who is on their own healing journey, that you will realize that you got this. Allow God in. Please allow God in. Find different resources. Just... Really remember that you're not alone and remember that it's going to have its ups and its downs. So please not get caught up on the trend of it or what you think healing should look like. Healing has no face. It has no mascot. Healing is just that healing. So 
yeah, I love you all. Thank you for listening. I'm done, you guys. Have a great day. Bye.